All right, you can go ahead and be seated. We're going to dismiss our classes. So the first, second, third graders, and then the fourth, fifth, and sixth graders, the seventh through the twelfth graders. You can go to your class also at this time. And, of course, uh, our adult class meets in here. And so, Josh. All right, well, good morning, everyone. I guess our offering counters also probably need to get started a little earlier today on counting. <laughs> All right, well, take your Bibles this morning, and if you will, turn to the book of 2 Corinthians. The book of 2 Corinthians, the first chapter is where we're going to be this morning for our lesson. 2 Corinthians chapter number 1. And I want to begin reading uh, just in verse number one. And so if you're there, go ahead and uh, you can follow along. I'll read audibly. The Bible uh, says this. Of course, this is a letter written by the Apostle Paul uh, to the church there in Corinth. He says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, with all the saints which are in Achaia. Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. And whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effectual in the enduring of the same suffering which we also suffer. Or whether we be comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. And our hope of you is steadfast, knowing that as ye are partakers of the suffering, sufferings, so shall ye uh, be also of the consolation. And you know what? We can just stop there. We're going to uh, continue down in the chapter um, throughout the lesson. But let's ask the Lord's blessing on our time here this morning. Our dear Heavenly Father, as we come before you, we are so grateful to be in your house today. And I ask for your blessing on this class. I thank you for your perfect word and i pray that uh, as we study it here this morning that you would speak to each one of us that you would reveal things to us that maybe we need to be reminded of or maybe need to learn anew and i just pray that you bless the sunday school hour bless all of the classes in jesus name amen well here in verse number one paul clearly he's writing to the church the church is there in corinth and uh, the surrounding areas, um, he says, in, in fact, at the very end of verse number one, with all the saints, all the Christians, which are in all of Achaia. And the apostle wrote this epistle or this letter to the church, likely from uh, Macedonia, maybe in uh, Philippi. We know he spent some time there in prison in Philippi and uh, we uh, likely from that area. Um, and he was planning ahead. This, was, this letter was written, the book of 2 Corinthians was written prior to a trip that he had planned to go down to Achaia. And if you were to look at a map, you may have one in the, the back of your Bible. Achaia is really a region just south of Macedonia. Um, it looks like an island, a, a large island there. Well, 
when Paul met uh, Titus, who came up from the Achaia region, he received from Titus both a good report and a very troubling report of the church here in Corinth. The good report, if you are, you're in 2 Corinthians, just flip over to chapter number 7. So Titus is giving Paul an update on uh, what is going on, and uh, he brings uh, good and bad news, so to speak. And we've all, uh, what's the good news, or do you want the bad news first, right? Well, Titus gives him the good news. Uh, verse number, uh, we're in chapter number 7. We can kind of see this take place here. In verse number 6, um, Paul is, is writing here, Nevertheless, God, that comforteth those that are cast down, comforted us by the coming of Titus, and not by his coming only, but by the consolation wherewith he was comforted in you, when he told us your earnest desire and mourning your fervent mind toward me, so that I rejoice the more. And so Paul is actually commending the church here because he had gotten some, really, uh, some good news from Titus about this. And you can see uh, Titus uh, had told, um, uh, or uh, had told him that, you know, uh, there is, he had the fervent mind toward Paul. And, and Paul rejoiced. It was encouraging to him. But you see, there was also some troubling news that Paul had heard. If you go back to chapter uh, 11, chapter number 11 now, and I won't read this, but really uh, you read the first half of this chapter, verses uh, 1 down through verse 15, you see Paul really painting a different picture of what he's hearing that's going on in the church. And the church, as we know, is the bride of Christ. Jesus gave his life for the church, and what the church was allowing to happen and, and uh, take place, uh, false pre preachers and teachers were in the church. And, and we won't read this, but you can see um, uh, he uh, in verse number 2 says, For I am jealous over you with a godly jealousy, and I have espoused you to one husband. That's speaking of, of Christ's relationship to the church. But you continue reading down, and you see that what was going on is false teaching, false preaching was being allowed in there in the church in Corinth, and so uh, some troubling news. And for this reason, when you read the entire epistle of Second Corinthians, you you actually it uses language that is both comforting, because Paul was comforted by the church, but also. Uh, language that is very rebuking and the church needed to be rebuked for what they were allowing you know a major theme throughout the letter is is that of suffering and it uses words such as tribulation trouble affliction uh, sorrow anguish infirmity these are words that paul uses in the, the letter and we know that suffering suffering is is just a part of life it's we we all suffer from time to time. It's a part of life, and we have to be reminded that really it is a direct result of the fall of man and sin. If we uh, you don't need to turn back there, but Genesis chapter number three, it all goes back to the beginning. Uh, God had when He created man, when He created woman, it was in a perfect environment. But because of the fall of man, because of sin suffering entered in 
to this world. And back in Genesis chapter 3, verse number 16, I'll read this to you. It says, Unto the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply thy what? Sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. And unto Adam, God said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it, cursed is the ground for thy sake, in sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. This was because of sin. We sorrow today. We have hardships. We have suffering. Uh, not because we have a God that likes to see his children suffer. It's because of sin. And it goes back to the very beginning. You know, and I would say that most of us have never suffered as the Apostle Paul did. The Apostle Paul had plenty of sorrow in his life and suffering. But life is full of sorrow, and we all experience hardships from time to time. Do we not? We all experience disappointment. We all experience pain. We all experience heartbreaks. It's part of life. Man that is born of a woman is of a few days and full of trouble, the Bible says in Job chapter 14. Someone's excited to come to church. You know, we're taught that trials are allowed of God to refine us. Over in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse number 6, the Bible says, Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. You know, this is the personal benefit of passing through hard times. It, it's important. It's necessary. Passing through hard times is necessary for us. Because during those times, we learn not to lean upon ourselves and uh, which, if you look in verse number 9, that is what Paul exactly says. In chapter number 1, get back to our text, Second Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 9. We learned to not lean upon ourselves, and Paul says, But we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves. Not trust in ourselves, but Paul said towards the end of this, and look in verse number 14 now, he directs their focus uh, towards the coming of Christ. In verse number 14, at the very end, it says, Even as ye also are, are ours in the day of the Lord. And so we are to look more earnestly for the coming of Christ. So as we go through personal hardships and trials, it teaches us some things. It's necessary. It refines us, teaches us not to rely on ourselves, but to look to Christ. And, you know, in our text here this morning, I want us to consider five things. And our text gives us the benefits. You say there's benefits to suffering? Oh, yes. The Bible talks about them. It's a part of life, but there are some benefits through going through personal trials. Some benefits 
through hard times. And they, these are to be outward looking. It's necessary and important lest we become totally consumed upon ourselves. And that's the natural thing to do in times of trial, in times of hard times. It's to look within ourselves and to have a pity party. The Bible says, no, we need to be outward focused. And I want to give you here this morning from Second uh, Corinthians chapter number one, I want to give you five benefits of hard times. Five benefits. And the first is found in verse number four. So look with me in verse number four. The first benefit is the benefit of helping others. Notice in verse number four, it says this, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. Personal experience is a great teacher, is it not? When you have gone through something personally, you can be a help to others. You've been through it. Um, and it's, it's very difficult to comfort others when you have not experienced something similar. And so uh, a couple uh, extra verses here I want to give you in Romans chapter number 5. Romans chapter number 5 and verse number 3. The Bible says, And not only so, but we, but we glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation, or uh, may I say hard times. How can you glory in the hard times? How can you glory knowing that in hard times or in tribulation, it works patience, and patience what? What's the next word? experience experience and experience hope also back in psalm 34 psalm 34 verse number two the bible says this my soul shall make her boast in the lord the humble shall hear thereof and be glad oh magnify the lord with me and let us exalt his name together now why why? It says, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Therefore, we see the, the, the psalmist go on. It says, they looked unto him. Notice the, the words. They're, they're, they're helping one another through these tough times. They looked unto him and were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. You know, oftentimes, the, when you're going through difficult times or, tr or hard times, we say, you know, the best place for you to be is in church. And why is that? Um, you know, it, it, it is comforting. And why is it comforting? Well, because you're around other people who have been through similar situations. And they can you can benefit from their help. They can help you. And the, the words here in the psalmist, magnify the Lord on my own, you can do that, but with me. Let us exalt his name together. And so that is one of the benefits. The first benefit of going through hard times is being able to help other people. 
God prepares us to help others by allowing us to pass through the hard times. And so that's the first benefit to keep in mind. Now the second, uh, look down in verse number 6. Verse number 6. And this is the benefit of winning others. Verse number 6, and when... Uh, or Paul writes here, and, and whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation, and notice the next word, or and salvation, which is effectual in the enduring of the same suffering, which we also suffer, or whether we be comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. You say, okay, what is what is this benefit all about? Well, when it comes to evangelism, understand this there is always a cost to evangelism there's a cost you know for us in this country it's really barely any cost let's be honest um other than inconvenience we had um not yesterday but the saturday before there was an outreach breakfast it starts with breakfast and then uh, going out and, and inviting people uh to come to church to hear the gospel There is a cost. Now, uh, it's giving of our time, but usually it's very little time. And so for us, there is a cost to evangelism. And when you think of worldwide evangelism, I always, you know, usually there's a, a much greater price that has to be paid. Paul is an extreme example of this. If you know the life of the Apostle Paul, he was... A missionary. He had several, several missionary journeys, but what was his cost? We, we don't need to go into it, but he suffered greatly to get the gospel out. You know, our missionaries, uh, they, they have given up a lot more than many of us have given up to reach other people, to, uh, to win others. You know, when you openly declare your faith, the lost will start observing you. The, you know, when, when things are going totally fine in your life, they, the lost will care little about Christ if they see you living really in, in comfort. But they will be more likely to think about Christ when they see you passing through a valley. So when you are going through a difficult time, a hard time. Maybe it's the loss of a loved one, and they see you going through that time. And the the world has no hope. They sorrow, not like like you and I sorrow. We uh, it, we can sorrow with hope. When the lost see that, they begin to notice. And this is one of the benefits of passing through a hard time is the benefit of winning others. You know, a time of suffering, when you are going through a hard time, that is not the time to quit on the Lord. This is when your lost friends are going to be watching. They're going to be watching you to see how you react to the difficult time. Over in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 14, I'll read this verse to you. Uh, Paul said this, And many of the brethren in the Lord, waxing confident by my bonds, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. What is Paul saying there? 
Well, Paul was in prison. Philippians, or here, as he's writing this verse, he's sitting in jail. And what he's saying is as he's sitting there, the other saints are waxing bold. They look at what Paul is going through, and it strengthened the other believers. And so that's the other effect that it has, the benefit to winning the lost. We are to care for the lost. We are to have a burden for those that don't know Jesus as their Savior. And understand this, when you're going through a hard time, that is not the time to have a pity party. And uh, it's a time to remain faithful because others are watching. Everyone's watching how you're going to react. And you can strengthen other believers, kind of as Paul said. They were much more bold to speak the word without fear. When they saw Paul in prison, they're like, you know what? I could do that. I can speak up for the Lord. If Paul's going through that and suffering, then then I can do it. And so this is the second benefit that we see here in verse number 6. The consolation and salvation. Now, uh, moving on, I'll give you number three. The verse number seven. The, the third benefit of passing through difficult times is the benefit of rejoicing with others. Notice what is said here, and our hope of you is steadfast, knowing that as ye are partakers of the sufferings, so shall ye be also of the consolation. Partakers in the sufferings also are partakers in the consolation. And this is not rejoicing that someone's passing through a difficult time. That's not what this is talking about. It is rejoicing to know that God has something wonderful in store for them. You know, um, consolation, it's another word for comfort, for relief. And uh seeing God work in their life is is it's this is the benefit when you when someone's going through a hard time and you're there for them when God delivers them and comforts them gives them relief you can rejoice with them that it happened this is this is one of the benefits of rejoicing with others now i like this the ultimate rejoicing will come at the rapture. And look over in verse 14, and I kind of alluded to this earlier, but in verse number 14, Paul continues on, he writes, "Is also ye have acknowledged us in part, that we are your rejoicing, even as ye also are ours in the day of the Lord. Now the day of the Lord is the day that Jesus comes back the day of the lord could happen at any time jesus could come back today there's clouds in the sky i know that it's been raining he could come back and when that happens his children will be caught up and what a wonderful time of rejoicing that will be you know we'll we will our our faith i like the song i forget the um our faith will become sight right faith won't be needed anymore I mean, it's hard to live by faith, is it not? But, you know, when we see Jesus face to face, our faith, we don't need faith. We can see him. You know, um, no more sin, no more suffering, no more hard times. 
uh, forever rejoicing in the, the grace God has given us. And so talk about, you know, the going through, uh, we sang the song um, this morning. I have it. it will be worth it all, right? When we see Jesus. And so uh, uh, life's trials will seem or, you know, all the trials that we go through, the hard times, we won't even, they, they'll be like, oh, that was, that was nothing. That's nothing. It's, not, it's worth it all when we see Christ. And so this is what, this would I, is what I would characterize the ultimate rejoicing is when, when the rapture happens. And so that could be today. So keep looking. All right. So we've got some benefits. We've got the benefit of helping others. When you go through hard times, keep in mind there are benefits to it. You can help others when they go through them. The benefit of winning others. The benefit of rejoicing with others. And then number four, the benefit of understanding others. And in verse number eight, the Bible says, For we would not, brethren... Have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia? And um, Not being ignorant. We don't like to be ignorant, do we? I mean, there's some people that I guess they just like to be ignorant. And I, th- I think for most people we like to have understanding. And, you know, understanding is the first step toward empathy. Um, there's a difference between sympathy and empathy. You know... There's a difference between the two. Sympathy is when you feel bad for someone, but you don't know what it's like to be in their shoes. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of situations where, we, where all we can have is sympathy, right? We've never, we haven't gone through that hard time. We haven't gone through that trial personally. But we certainly can sympathize. But again, it's, we feel bad for them, but we don't, really know what it's like to be in their shoes our response you know uh in situations like that is certainly we can pray for them we can quote scripture and those things i don't want to diminish or uh, um, make little of those things those things are very helpful clearly prayer works and and scripture is powerful but um empathy is the ability to enter the suffering sufferings and feelings of others so it's uh, it's more than sympathy it's a it's really being able to put yourself in their shoes you've you've been there and so these are some of the benefits the benefits of understanding um let me let me give you an example now the book of job job chapter two um you know these these three men get a bad rap and and so they should they're probably three of the most unsympathetic comforters in the history of this world um you know when you read the whole book of job i mean these guys really uh but i'll give them i'm going to give them credit here uh this morning because job chapter 1 and how is everyone familiar with the the life and story of job what Job went through. Okay, thank you, Dale. You're familiar. So you can tell everyone after class. I, yeah. <laughs> All right, I think most of us know the life of Job. Uh, lost his whole family, lost everything. And 
that went on in chapter number one. Well, in chapter number two, he's mourning, and, and rightly so. And there, the, the Bible tells us of uh, three of his friends came to him. And, and let's just read this, because when we're talking about um, understanding what others are going through, and when you yourself have been through the same hardship, you know what it's like. And sometimes our response is, is often nonverbal. And that's what I want to point out here in chapter number two with the book, in the book of Job. These three friends came to Job, and at first, what they did for Job was a comfort. They didn't open up their mouth like they did the rest of the book, <laughs> tell him what to do. But notice what they did, and this is sometimes, sometimes people going through hard times just need you there present. They don't need words. And look at what the Bible says here in Job chapter 2, verse number 11. It says, Now when Job's three friends heard of all the evil that was come upon him, they came every one from his own place, uh, Elphaz the Temanite, and Bildad the Shuite, and Zophar the Namathite, for they had made an appointment together to come to mourn with him and to comfort him. And when they lifted up their eyes afar off, and knew him not, they, they lifted up their voice and wept, and they rent every one his mantle and sprinkled dust upon their heads towards heaven. Notice verse number 13, what the Bible says. So they sat down with him upon the ground seven days and seven nights, and none spake a word unto him, for they saw that his grief was very great. And you know, sometimes that is... That is what's needed. When you've been through a difficult time and then you have a friend or a family member or a brother or sister in Christ going through that same hard time, you can sit there with them. They know it's a nonverbal, but they understand you've been through it and it's a comfort. This, I do believe, comforted Job. And just being there. And, um, and then it all changed. You read the rest of the story. But understanding what someone is going through removes the temptation to judge them. You know, this is what happened in John chapter 9, verse number 2. The disciples, they completely assumed the wrong thing. When the Bible says in John chapter 9, verse number 2, and the disciples asked Jesus, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And of course, the answer was, nobody sinned to cause his blindness. He was born blind to bring glory and honor to God. But you see the disciples judging, judging. Who, this man is going through a hard time, he's born blind, and they had to judge. And they were wrong. And so... This is one of the benefits. Understand, when you're, whatever, if you're going through a hard time right now, understand this. It might be for this very reason, so that when you've been through it, so that you can comfort and benefit others. And then finally, let me give you the last reason here. The other benefit, the, the, the fifth reason, is the benefit of praying for others. Verse number 11 
getting back to 2 Corinthians and just the first part of this verse it says and also helping together by prayer for us and I would call this intelligent intercession <laughs> um, intelligent intercession requires familiarity with the facts and Paul made known his sufferings to the church, not for sympathy. You know, we, what you say, well, why did Paul always write about his sufferings and the trials he was going through? It wasn't to get sympathy or empathy, but, you know, it wasn't for that reason. It was so that they knew how to pray. It's so they knew how to pray intelligently for him. And over in, um, and we see this in Second Thessalonians chapter number 1, in verse number 1, Paul writes, Finally, brethren, pray for us. And what do, you know, did it stop there? Just pray for me. No, he says, pray for me. This is why we get missionary letters, by the way. Um, they come in and, and we don't post them. Uh, up on the wall anymore they're posted on the church's website but it's the same those our missionaries are following the example that is given in the new testament paul did this he sent missionary letters we're reading one to the church in corinth and he says here in uh, now to the church in thessalonica it says finally brethren pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course, prayer, uh, prayer request number one, uh, and, and be glorified even as it is with you, that we may be delivered from the unreasonable and wicked men, for all men have not faith. And so protection there. And so he's giving some prayer requests here. Also in the book of Ephesians, chapter number six, and verse 18, it says, praying always with all prayer and supplication, in the spirit and then down in verse number 19 it says and for me that utterance may be given unto me that i may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which i am an ambassador in bonds and therein i may speak boldly as i ought to speak and so this is this is one of the benefits here you you will know if you have been through a difficult time a hard time you know exactly how to pray for your brother and sister or for your family member, whoever it is. You've been through it, so you know not just to pray in some general fashion. And that's fine, but you know how to pray specifically. You know exactly the thoughts that are going through their mind, the feelings that they're feeling, because you've been through it. Praying for one another is to be a feature of the Christian faith. In Acts 12, verse 5, it says, Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. Notice also, finally on this point, that the, the prayers of the church for Paul they were backed up by deeds. In verse number 11, verse number 11, once again, we see that it says, Ye also helping together by prayer for us. But it continues and says that for the gift bestowed upon us by the means of many persons, thanks 
may be given by many on our behalf. And what is Paul referring to there? He's referring to the the church there, their participation in this love offering that Paul was collecting from the Gentile churches to take to the church in Jerusalem. And so this wasn't a church that just simply uh, prayed for Paul. They also, it's backed up by deeds, by their actions. And so, uh, anyway, let's, in conclusion here, the benefits of passing through hard times. Five five benefits. You say there's benefits through going through through hard times? Well, yes, of course, there, there are. The first is you'll be able to help others. Personal experience. Personal experience. You will win others to Christ. Maybe that'll be someone seeing you go through a difficult time, and it gives another person boldness. Or maybe the loss will be looking at your life and see how you go through it, and they'll start to think, well, maybe, you know, I know that they go to church, and maybe there's something to that church or to Jesus. They'll, their thoughts will be directed towards Christ. And that's where ultimately it need a person to come to the saving knowledge of Christ. They have, to, they have to think about him. And so could it be you're going through a hard time, but others are watching you. Another benefit is you can rejoice with others when they are comforted. You'll have a greater understanding, true empathy, rather than just sympathy. And you'll be able to pray better for others. Intelligent intercession. And so, hard times have and will come for each one of us, will they not? Trials are permitted by the Lord to test, strengthen, and grow our faith in Him. And our focus ultimately, though, and I'll conclude with this. Look in verse number 2. Our focus ultimately needs to be on the Lord. When you're going through a tough time, that's where your focus ought to be. It, it needs to be on the Lord. Again, that's an outward focus, not an inward focus. In verse number 2, Paul says, Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. You know, God will give you grace. God is the source of grace. He is the source of grace. That's the fount. Uh, God, the Lord, gives grace, and the Lord gives peace and comfort. And, you know, our first focus is on the Lord, but also keep in mind, our first focus is the Lord, but also on others rather than ourselves. Very easy just to focus on ourselves when we're going through a difficult time. But understand, there are many benefits through it. Many benefits through going through it. So anyway, I, I hope the lesson was a blessing and an encouragement uh, to each one of us this morning. You are dismissed.